Welcome to MS Minute with DCND, your podcast for understanding multiple sclerosis. Every month, our MS experts tackle a different topic to help you manage your disease and live a better life. DCND is a private neurology practice based out of Dayton, Ohio. It's certified by the National MS Society as a comprehensive MS care center. Please note this podcast and its content is designed for educational and informational purposes only. Welcome to MS Minute with DCND. I'm your host, Natalie Pugar. Joining us again this week is neurologist and MS specialist, Dr. Derek Minkadith. Welcome. Hi, Natalie. Thanks again for having me on. So our topic today is timely, at least at this time of the recording, (laughs) as uh, Mother Nature is turning up the furnace in much of the country this week, uh, we are talking about heat, specifically how those living with MS deal with it. So I'd like to start by picking your brain on, on just why does heat impact MS patients so much? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, you know, at least at the time of this recording in the middle of summer right now, we've seen record temperatures throughout most of the United States, you know, the area that we're living in right now, we're about to go through a big heat wave. So a very timely topic for us and um, a very interesting and sometimes tough time for those folks who are living with MS. We don't 100% understand why this occurs, um, but we do think and we definitely see that people with MS have poor tolerability of the heat, and we don't know exactly why this happens, but we do think that the higher temperatures further impair the conductivity of the nerves. You remember from some of the other discussions with the podcasts, and I'm sure your own research and some uh, discussions with your providers and your physicians, multiple sclerosis happens because the covering, the myelin is what that's called, the covering of the nerves is being eaten away by the immune system. We know when that happens, nerves don't transmit electrical signals nearly as quickly as they should. And we know that when that occurs, the heat seems to really affect that transmission. It slows down that transmission. And as a result of that slowing of the transmission, people with MS are very susceptible to heat. Um, It's a little bit of a complex topic. And so one thing that can sometimes help us understand complex topics is analogies, comparisons, right? So sometimes when I'm talking about this with my patients, I give an analogy to a computer. If you ever have worked with an overheated computer, what happens to it? It slows down, right? And as a result of that heat causing that electricity and the computer not to work as as well, it really doesn't function as well. It's slower, it's quote unquote fatigued, like a person with MS has. And so that's what we're kind of seeing when people are not doing well in the heat who are living with multiple sclerosis. That's a great um, comparison and visual, I guess, you know, to to kind of really sum it up. So can you give us some examples of, of what actually happens? Like, what are the symptoms that um, people are are reporting to you when the, the heat goes up? Mm-hmm. Just like every MS patient, the symptoms are individualized. And so it could be variable depending on what a person is already living with with multiple sclerosis. 
Some of the most common things that I tend to experience in here with my MS patients are people have increased fatigue. That's probably the number one symptom. They just tire out way faster in the heat. But other symptoms that they can have um, could be worsening balance problems, could see vision issues or blurring of their vision. And in people who sometimes experience uh, vertigo as part of their MS symptoms, I hear that as a common symptom. Sometimes that's hard to say if that's a vertigo symptom versus lightheadedness, which can also happen with dehydration. So that's something to think about. Um, so those are some of the most common symptoms. I think one of the important things to recognize with these symptoms, however, is that even though those symptoms are occurring, they are almost never a new area of damage to the nerves. And remember, we call that a pseudo-exacerbation. Pseudo-exacerbation occurs when old MS symptoms reoccur in response to some sort of external stressor, which those can be lots of different things that can happen. But in this case, we're talking about heat being that external stressor. And so that's a really important thing to take away from this. If you're experiencing those symptoms as a result of, you know, the weather being too hot or even too cold in some situations, it's not that you're having a new exacerbation or a new lesion. It's that the heat is making these things worse. And we see this clinically, you know, if you're able to cool down and decrease your body temperature moving forward, the vast majority of these symptoms go away fairly quickly, a couple hours, maybe up to a day or two. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, it's worthwhile to note to your to your doctor or your provider the next time you see them that you're having and struggling with these things. But unless you're having a new symptom or it's really persisting for a long period of time, you probably don't need to call them right away on the phone and say, oh, my gosh, I'm having an exacerbation. And, you know, those are the things we definitely want to know about. But um, I think this is just where that that education comes in and, and having a greater understanding of your disease is really a valuable piece of knowledge. Gotcha. So really, it's more of an, an irritation to the existing issue already. So temporary. Yeah, it does tend to be temporary. Great. Okay. That being said. Yeah, I was going to say, what can we do about it? <laughs> yeah, but that being said, you know, it can happen even with very small changes in your core and maybe even your skin temperature. There's different studies mm -hmm. that show, you know, where exactly it's affected. I think it's mostly your core body temperature, me personally, um, but it can happen with as little change as much of a, a, a quarter to half of a degree change. So, you know, if your normal body temperature is 98.5, that's what we always say is our normal. If it goes up to 98, um, 98.8 or 99 degrees, that could start triggering some different symptoms here. Gotcha. Okay. So if someone starts to feel like, um, you know, they're feeling that increased fatigue or some of those other symptoms that you're, you are explaining, what should they do? So a lot of different strategies are out there. And again, it kind of comes down to each individual and some people are going to find things more helpful than others. Um, but there's definitely a lot of good information about strategies to deal with it. Um, a lot of it has to do with heat avoidance. So these are strategies to time your activities either early in the morning or 
later in the evening when it's much less hot out. Um, and so people will, you know, if you got to go to the grocery store, maybe you try to get up a little earlier and get to the grocery store early in the morning before that heat really is going to kick in and you can help do those types of things. Uh, so that's a really good strategy. Staying well hydrated and staying out of direct sunlight. Also great strategies. Again, if you're getting dehydrated, that's going to potentially bring out some of those symptoms or it could cause other issues. So you want to make sure you're doing well with that. Staying in the shade and out of the direct sunlight. You know, if you get in the shade, it can be as much as 25 degrees difference in temperature. So that's a big difference. If you're if it's 80 degrees out and you go in the shade, it gets down to 65. Much more manageable for someone living with MS. You can try to cool your core body temperature down. Different ways that you could try that would be eating an ice cube or maybe a popsicle if you're able to get your hands on one of those. Um, so be looking for that ice cream truck, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, as well as, you know, having a fan on you. Um, if you're able to do that, there are lots of different portable fans that are available on Amazon and different real retailers that I'll talk about with my my patients. There's ones that go around your neck, things ones that clip onto things. We'll use these little fans for our kids when they're on their strollers and things like that, and, and we find that that's helpful for them. So I've seen and recommended some of those types of fans to my MS patients. Um, cooling wraps, which are like rags that you can put in cold water and then put around your neck. Um, I find those helpful and I don't have MS, mm -hmm. just when you're dealing with warm temperatures. So those are things that you can do. I'll also recommend um, a cold bath or a shower either before you go out into the heat. Again, thinking about lowering that body temperature either wet before you go out into the heat or if you're feeling really poorly and want to try to get your symptoms to go away fairly quickly, maybe getting in that cold shower, that cold bath right after you start feeling the symptoms, if you're able to. Okay. Um, and then finally, considering purchasing a cooling vest can be helpful. Hmm. And there's different manufacturers of these and they come in different varieties as far as what you think would work best for you. But um, the long and short of it is usually there's removable cooling packs that you put into the freezer and then um, take them out of the freezer. You put them in a, a garment that you can either wear outside of your clothes or underneath your clothes um, that then helps keep your core body temperature a little bit lower, despite the fact that you may be in an ambient temperature that's a lot higher. Wow, um, that's nifty. Whoever came yes, up with that was, was pretty cool. smart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's lots of different strategies with that. Um, I do think that it is a little bit of a trial and error process, like a lot of things in life. You just kind of have to do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, and see what ultimately works better for your situation, your lifestyle, what sort of resources you have available. How about um, medication? Uh, do any therapies that you've noticed tend to make this um, uh, issue with heat worse or better? Yeah. Um, most oral medications are not going to do much in regards to controlling your temperature. Your temperature, the way that our body regulates temperature is rather complex, but it, a lot of it has to do with um, homeostatic regulation, which occurs in a part of the brain called the hypothalamus. And um, most people, you know, are okay with 
regulating that temperature and, and it has to do more with the fact that these nerves are demyelinated from MS. And unfortunately, until we have some sort of medication or therapy that's going to remyelinate those nerves, which we don't have yet, um, we probably won't have a medicine that's going to help much with, with heat intolerance with MS. And so we probably are going to be stuck kind of managing the symptoms as best as we can. Mm -hmm. So um, would you recommend like kind of just lifestyle changes too? I mean, as you've mentioned, you know, you kind of just kind of have to trial and error some of this, but knowing, you know, that you might be more susceptible to this to avoid some of those hot days outside, that kind of thing. Yeah, and a lot of it has to just do with a little bit of strategization, um, some advanced planning when you're, you know, maybe you've got that big carnival that you want to go to with your kids or that soccer game that's in the middle of the afternoon, you know, really taking that that time to maybe strategize a little so you can still um, participate in the things that you want to do or need to do and not put yourself in a bad position to just feel really um, bad and make some of those previous MS symptoms come back. Okay. So um, how would somebody differentiate, you know, if they're just feeling fit more fatigue because it's hotter, like these hotter months, uh, versus maybe something new that they need to have um, looked at uh, and, and visit their neurologist? Is there a definite sign either way, or what would you recommend? Yeah, there's unfortunately not a definite sign, but generally speaking, the symptoms that occur because of heat uh, will be symptoms that you've already experienced before. So you will, will have had these at some point during your disease course. And then the other thing is they usually go away fairly quickly after you cool your body down. You get in that air conditioning, you get that cooling vest on. Um, so once you cool down that core temperature, you should see these symptoms start to slowly resolve. That fatigue is probably that last symptom that's gonna go away like it often is with people who are living with MS, that that fatigue is never going to go away completely. Um, but those are the big things that tell you it's probably from heat. When to contact your doctor is if you experience a new symptom or that symptom is persisting and lasting more than 24 hours. That's the time we really want to know about that so we can make sure we're doing everything we need to do um, and safe. The other thing that might be, you know, important to remember is you know seek medical care if other symptoms are, are happening their people are really pale or sweaty they're becoming less responsive or they're passing out that would be a good time to seek more immediate care and go to the emergency room because that could be other symptoms that could go on like heat stroke or something to that sure. degree and that's a really serious condition so that's something to remember okay all good advice there any um thing else that we're missing that you'd like to address in terms of heat no, I think we've covered the majority of the, the topics. I just hope that everybody is having a great summer right now and staying cool. Yes, that's the big thing. Do all those uh, things you can to do that. Great. Um, well, any final words of wisdom that you have for patients, you know, when dealing with this? No, I think that this is great. Um, and I really appreciate you having me back on the podcast again today, Natalie. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Minkadick. Have a great day. Okay, thank you.